Why, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. I am so excited to be here with my good friend, Suzanne. Welcome back, Suzanne. How are you? I'm great. Drinking my coffee this morning, and I feel like the world traveler because I just popped up to Seattle for a quick weekend to see my grandson, and yeah, I feel like I'm doing way more travel than I did even before COVID. I know. This is freaking me out a little bit, and I know we've had this discussion a million times on air and off air, but it's a lot to keep up with. It is. It is. But it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you found yesterday that the cruise line that we're going on offers a wonderful service where they will pick up your luggage from your house and deliver it to the ship so you don't have to travel with luggage. I think that's brilliant. It's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive, but worth it. My only issue with it is, I don't know if you looked closely enough, but when I put in the sail date of the ship... They only gave me one option, and the suitcase has to be ready for pickup like 10 days ahead of time. So they pick it up at my house. And I'm thinking, okay, so 10 days to get it to the ship. Where is my bag going to sit for the next 10 days? Yeah, well, it has to wait till the ship gets to port. So it must be sitting in, I would guess, a locked closet or something. Yeah, but but my point is, why would they make me be ready to ship it 10 days before? Why can't they pick it up five days before? And what's taking 10 days to get it there? So you might have to call in to get that answer. I I know there's a call in number. And when I was looking at the website, because I went there, it did say it would arrive by the 13th of October, which I'm thinking that won't work. Our ship will already be sailing for two days. But so so you change the date. Yeah, you can. You saw that you could do that. That was what I was getting at. Okay. Well, that's good. Yes. Yep. So there you have it. So there you have it. And Suzanne, our podcast may never be the same again. I have (laughs) just got to say, you left it in my hands. My guest host was Rob, and he did a really good job. But I will I say he that he's been a little hard to live with since being the co-host. Oh, oh, he wants my job. He wants he, my position. He wants the whole podcast, and he wants to turn it into like a sports podcast. Well, tell him to get his own podcast. He can start his own. I'm sure he would do that. And he goes after everybody to listen. Now that he's been on it, every call I've heard him on is, hey, check out this podcast. I'm on it this week. Check out this podcast. Is that all it takes to get him to promote our podcast? Is to let him be on? I think so. Yeah. He wants a weekly segment, Suzanne, called Rob's Best Bets or something. I like it. Hey, he can come on every week and do that. I would take note. Best bets, I'd take note. Well, I told him that he would have to do an episode with you so you could see his flow because it's not very easy to manage. And so walking away from that episode, I truly did feel like the Rob Whisperer. Oh, oh, interesting. Or maybe I'll say the Badger Whisperer because he didn't want to be referred to as Rob or the Badger, just Badger. Okay. Well, yeah, he's the boy. Sounds yeah. a little 
like a prima donna, if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. But here's what I found out. I had to always guide him back to the subject. Like, okay, Rob, well, let's go back to this. He was very independent in his thinking, but he didn't bring up politics, which I was very proud of him. Oh, good for him. But we did record two episodes because one. Oh, yeah, that's just a little insider secret. He would go off on tangents and he's very intelligent in how he speaks. So he reminded me in some ways of you. Oh, well, I take that as a big compliment. It is. I don't normally have to guide you back. Like I did him, well, like with him, you do. it was like hurting a cat, like no Rob over here, but he did really well. And if you haven't listened, you probably should because his feelings will be hurt. <laughs> I will listen. And he's trying to get his ratings up over where ours typically are. And I think he already maybe has. Yeah. But I did see on Instagram that we actually had an Instagram post, which was also new to me. Yeah, I made that post and I wasn't even sure how to do it. And I wish I had gotten a better picture of the glasses. But for those of you who haven't seen it, the other night, Rob and I were watching TV. He got up to refill his his glass of wine. And so I asked him if he could please refill mine also. And he said, sure. So he did. He came back and mine barely covered the bottom of the glass and his was a half a glass full. And I'm like... (laughs) Oh, thank you very much, honey. Next time I'll get the wine. (laughs) Yes. And then he said, I'm just kidding. And he poured a little of his wine into my glass. So that was sweet. That is sweet. Yeah. So what else is going on, Suzanne? What are we going to talk about today? Well, you should know. I mean, we're going to talk about the queen. And just, I'm going to put this out there right away. I should have been born British. (laughs) I'm just saying I belong in the United Kingdom. I belong in the United Kingdom as royalty. (laughs) We'll just say that. Well, I will put this out here, not to make you jealous, or this is just what I've heard, but my grandma was 100% British. And I I have always heard that something to do with one of the names in her line is connected directly to the the royal family. Now, I haven't done the research Mm -hmm. to see if that's true, but the last name was Diamond, spelled with a Y. And so she always did say it connected back. That was a royal family last name. So I don't know. I know, but would that give you an invitation to their inner circle? Well, no, I'm not saying that. (laughs) Well, that's what I want. That's who I should be. I should be in the inner circle of the royal family. I don't know, you know, God rarely makes mistakes, but to make me German instead of English, I I just don't get it. (laughs) I should have been English. I I get what you're saying, and yeah, I'm just a generation or two removed from being full, (laughs) I guess, because, yeah, my grandma, then my dad's half, and then I'm, I guess, a quarter. Okay, so we'll get back to the queen, because you know everything about Queen Elizabeth I adore. I just, I've always thought that. I have been just a little bit obsessed with her my entire adult life. And so, of course, when she died, which I think we just, she had died the last time you and I recorded. And yes, I actually was, I'm not going to say excited, that's a bad word, but to hear that there would be 10 days of mourning, 
I was all over that. I was like, that means there's going to be 10 days of coverage somewhere about the queen and the royal family. And yes, I recorded all of it. And my son, who has been to England, who lived in Europe for a little while, told me to go to the BBC World News Network. And and it did. It did not let me down. It covered everything. And I was like, I feel, you know, she was 96. She, she led a great life. But uh, I watched every second of that 10 days of mourning leading up to the funeral. I am super impressed, but that's a lot of information to take in. And I mean, it was 10 days, but still a relatively short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So where do you even begin in this episode to talk about her and everything you want to share? I'm going to start with what's most important to me and what why I think I should be British. Because the pomp and circumstance that the UK does in any event, whether it's a wedding, a funeral, coronation, the pomp and circumstance is just so impressive. And they said that they she had her funeral planned for probably 20 years, making tweaks to it along the way. And they had it timed to the second. You know, they knew the funeral was going to take 58 minutes. They knew it was going to take 20 minutes to get from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall. I mean, everything they did was so precise. And can and I interject here real quick? Yes. Was that called Operation London Bridge? Yes, it was. You were right. Was I was called, right. You were right. You called me one day and said, I just want to know. And I hadn't heard that yet, but I heard it over and over and over during the 10 days of coverage. Yeah, Operation my husband London thought Bridge. I was full of shit and that I was making it up. We have a house in Lake Havasu City, and that's where the old London Bridge resides. So I thought it was kind of a cool connection. And my husband says, you're yes. making it up. And you weren't. It was 100% true. Thank you. According to all of the commentary I heard now. <laughs> which is a lot from different places. Lot. So, right. okay. Right. Sorry to, to interfere or interrupt. I just had to no, 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 ask no. that question. No, you were correct. So, and I, every time there's an event, you know, we watched Megan and Harry's wedding in the middle of the night. You came and stayed with me. We stayed up all night, I think, and we watched the wedding. And again, another example of the pomp and circumstance. Everything is planned exactly. And it's so respectful. And they pointed out over and over again how there were no disruptions, there were no protests, there were no people, the high regard that they had for the queen was universal for them. And I just found that so impressive. And I love that. And the music was beautiful. Even the bagpipes, which I don't even like bagpipes, but the bagpipes were beautiful. There was meaning behind every single thing that happened during the 10 days of mourning and during the funeral. It just, uh, so perfect for me. Right. So speaking, I should be British. You should be British. 
Absolutely. I see it in a lot of different ways. And I didn't mean to interrupt you there in the end. No, but I was, no. I was going <laughs> to ask a question about the bagpiper since you brought it up. I did hear on one of the stations that that was the same bagpiper that every morning for years woke her up playing the bagpipes outside the window. Yes. And I can't remember. I And I knew I should write down the name of, it's like Sleep Dearly my friend, I can't remember the name of the song that he played. And he's called the Queen's Bagpiper. And he played it at the end of her internment in Windsor. Yeah. And I was just like, and it was it was a beautiful name. And it was something like Sleep Dearly. I should look it up. But yeah, they have a lot of small little touches in there. Or They had meaning thrown through, I mean, okay, let me go back. It's all in tradition. Like the the way everything goes is the tradition that's been planned out, but the small touches is what I'm saying. The little things that might be overlooked, like in her flower arrangement, I believe, Mm -hmm. they had myrtle Myrtle. that had been cut from her wedding bouquet and then just over the years used throughout her life. Did you hear that? I did hear that. And that was the same myrtle that was in Catherine's bouquet at her wedding. And I believe that Meghan Markle had it in her bouquet at her wedding as well. And I all of know the weddings, all of the weddings in the royal family in England have had a piece of that myrtle. And I That's think it goes back beautiful. I think it goes back to Queen Victoria's age. Oh, really? Like she had that same line of, that's incredible tradition. I'm telling you, it's, it's worth a lot. It says a lot about the family, about the nation. It does. And yesterday I was driving and I was listening to a talk show on the radio and they were talking about how the United States is still young puppy compared to so many other countries in the world. England being one of them, we're still so new that we can't even compare ourselves to especially European countries that have been, are steeped in history because we're still a young puppy compared to them. But we should learn from them. We should have tradition that people don't ridicule. We should have tradition that everyone respects without protest, without riots, without creating a scene. And it's a shame that we are such a young, arrogant country that we can't do anything without someone protesting it. Unfortunately, there are a lot of protests and it just doesn't reflect well. Mm -hmm. Like there are times that you come together, there should be unity. Like I think of 9-11 and how the whole country came together, put aside politics, put aside everything else, and came together as a nation. Well, and I'm trying to think if there's a time since 9-11 that our country has been so um, unified. I don't know that there has been that. And we you have might become be right, s- and that's sad. That is sad because that was a long, long time ago. And we're so, our arrogant young selves are so caught up in making sure what 
our belief is, is heard. And I don't get that sense when you're watching an event like um, the Queen's funeral at all in the United Kingdom. They just, it's incredible to me that they can hang on to tradition with such respect that when people come together, it was interesting. They, at the end of the funeral, I believe they had a two minute silence, two minutes of silence. And there were cameras throughout all of the United Kingdom. And you could hear a pin drop. It was so quiet. And I was so frustrated because I this was on the NBC telecast, which, yes, I did tape and I had to watch all of the telecasts. Um, but there was so much background noise on their end that it really did not capture that those two minutes of silence were when you I was watching BBC, you could hear a pin drop for two minutes. And two minutes seems like a short time. But, but it's when it's not. silence, it's not. And for everybody to remain silent in that time, it says so much. Like the unity there, the love there, the respect there. Right. That's something. Right. And they were flashing and they were going to communities in Scotland, in Northern Ireland, in Wales. You know, all of these countries, even in Australia, they were flashing to places in Australia. And I'm, I was dumbfounded by that. It's like, it didn't matter where the camera was. It was silent for two minutes. It's unbelievable. Just it so truly impressive. is. And I did hear that the reach of this funeral, even like being televised, was probably up above 4.1 billion people. I know. That's a lot of people paying their respects. And I thought it was so wonderful that in attendance of the funeral was not only heads of state, but they actually invited um, people of service to come, at regular everyday people making a difference in their community to come and sit into the funeral. They got an invite to that, and I just thought it was wonderful. I did too. I thought it was so cool. It was just everything about it was was just so amazing. So there you have it. That's what I have to say about the the funeral. I can't believe that's all you have to say. Like well, there's so much to be said. Just like with tradition, like if we look at that, I thought it was wonderful how Princess Charlotte, she wore oh. the ho horseshoe brooch and then Kate wore the jewelry given to her by the queen. Megan had, I think, earrings from the queen, like simple statement pieces that were a gift from the queen. I thought that was really beautiful also. Well, that is, and you're right. I could go on forever because you're right. Because then we could talk about the fashion and how everyone can look so stunning in black. And I feel like because Jeff and I are stopping in London on our way to the ship, I feel like I should wear a black dress <laughs> just because. You're in mourning. It, yeah, although the t period of mourning is over, and I'll be the only one dressed in black in the entire country, but I feel like I should be wearing black. And the, okay, I do have to say, because I'm a little obsessed with the Queen's fashion, and I always have been, because it's very, I don't know if you ever watched Bewitch. <laughs> I did. Okay, and in that era, 
Samantha Stevens always wore a dress with a matching overcoat. When I watched it as a kid, I loved that style. And that's exactly what Queen Elizabeth does, is she, whenever she's out, she wears a dress with a matching overcoat and, of course, a matching hat. And I want to be that person. I want to dress like that. Her colors are bright, but... But that's because they have to pick her out of a crowd. Right, right. And... But I still want to be that person. I want to dress like the queen. Well, what's and I stopping know... you? What is stopping you? <laughs> Have we already talked about my trip to Nordstrom's? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we've talked about that. But there are other ways to yeah. accomplish that look without spending a fortune. You just have to find the right, right. designer and- for that. But it's hard to find that designer. It's very difficult. I have been searching high and low for that particular look and okay she was 96 but she did it her she followed that look her entire career right and I'm sure it transitioned as she aged too like the look changed as she aged now have you ever asked a stylist no I mean first of all where am I going to find a stylist or asked a Like the person helping you at Nordstrom's, have you ever asked them like, this is a look I'm really going for. Can you help me or can we get close? Yeah. When I was at Nordstrom's this last time and I put that out there, her face went blank like she had no idea what I was talking about. And I said, I think it has to be like an Elizabethan style. It's like, I want to dress like the queen. And it's such a polished look. A little bit of a conversation about this the other day because we are trying to pack for our cruise. We're both struggling a little bit. And I was looking for a fun jacket to take, like a longer jacket, overcoat sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. I had sent you a picture and it was this pink jacket. It was from either Kate Spade or Yeah, I loved that jacket. Yeah. Yes. And what did you say? You have great taste, Michelle. It reminds me of something... Kate Middleton would wear. And I'm like, that is a huge compliment coming from Suzanne. Well, and then I went on to say my style's a little bit more Elizabethan. But you did say that. And I didn't know exactly what you meant, but I do now. Right. Just because um, that coat, I could see Kate Middleton wearing that coat that you found. But you, alas, your husband said he didn't like it. And well, he thinks, and I'm and he th- very disappointed in that. Well, actually, the reason I, I was going to get it anyway, but the reason I didn't is you were correct in saying that it would be heavy to take in my suitcase, and that is true. It would have taken up a lot of room, the pink mm-hmm. coat. So I went with a simpler coat. It doesn't mean I won't get the pink coat, just not for this trip and Good. not for living in Good. Arizona, probably. Good. Well, and that makes me think, okay, so here is how I have to focus on packing for our trip is I need a theme for how I'm going to dress. And I need to stick to that theme. What do you mean and by I, a theme? I Well, I'm saying, so if I could find the dress with the matching overcoat, that would be my theme. Everything I pack would work around my dress with the overcoat and then have a casual line for when I'm just in my stateroom. But okay. Yeah. But I think 
I have to find something that it's all going to work together and I'm going to look like it's very well thought out. And I'm not just, because when I pack, we've talked about this many times, when I pack, I throw everything in because I'm always afraid I'm going to want it and not have it with me. But I need to calculate this so that I am, I have a theme. Another way you're like Rob doing that, just throwing everything in your suitcase. He did that yesterday. And I'm like, you're driving me nuts. You don't even know what you have in here. (laughs) He's like, well, do I have something that'll match? I said, you do. And he goes, okay, that's all I need. Yeah. Well, and it's not that I just throw everything in a suitcase. I know everything that's in my suitcase. And then I have to edit out because I always have too much because I'm always afraid I'm going to need something and not have it, which is stupid because if I plan out every single outfit for every single day and it all works together, there shouldn't be a problem. And I should be able to condense what I'm packing. I'm thinking out loud. It sounds very unrealistic to me. No, I, that's what I do. Like I say, this is how many days we have. If I have to mm-hmm. wear a short outfit, like these mm-hmm. are the shorts. If I have to wear a longer outfit, then I'll put a couple of those in. Like longer, I mean more fall-like right. outfit. I'll throw some of those in and hopefully I'll be okay. But I just want one suitcase. I don't know if that's realistic. I want one suitcase and one carry-on because... We are going through London, and London has had a few issues with losing luggage. So I want to have a carry-on, so I at least have a couple changes of clothes with me at all times. Yeah, that's um, a but smart, that is my smart goal. thing to do. Yeah. So, well, before we close out this episode completely, I want to talk a little bit more about the funeral and some of the things I noticed and some of the dynamics going on. Oh, um, yeah, please do. I really have to bring up, Emma, the the horse, oh, as right. the queen walked by, there was that hoof that came up. I thought that was amazing. And then to see her little corgis and to yep. hear William say they'll be taken care of. I love that. Yeah, me too. And Charlotte. Oh, right. Telling or reminding her brother. To bow. To bow. Yeah. Isn't that such a second child? Yeah. It is such a second child. And, you know, and talk about style. That girl, and I get, she's a princess. <laughs> she has help. But could her outfit have been any more perfect? I mean, seriously, the hat was so stinking cute, but so dignified. I was it like, was. How, how do they do it? <laughs> she says, oh, go ahead. I don't know if you noticed this, but from the back, Kate Middleton's coat and Charlotte's coat had the exact same line. It They were like matching coats. They were not matching coats in the front, but from the back, they were identical. Now that's really cool. I know. It's just such a cool thing. She is so much personality in this little body right now. I can't wait to see how she grows up and who she becomes because she's I know. Quite, quite a pistol. Do we have time at all to talk about Harry and Meghan or do you think that takes away from this conversation? Well, I was just debating that in my mind because here's what I'm going to say is that Meghan made it all about her <laughs> and it irritated me. And that's not a very nice thing to say. But 
when you look at all of, because I do all of the Royals on Instagram and on Facebook, and the Sussex Instagram were all pictures of Harry and Meghan. And Meghan, and I, I know it's not Meghan herself, but her team posted a lot of pictures of her crying and her. And then when you go to Catherine and Char or Catherine and William's Instagram posts, it's all photos of the queen or the flowers that were laid or the casket or the the surroundings. The photos weren't of them. And it's like God that speaks volumes. It sure does. You know, I was listening to some commentary on the wedding saying that, uh, like, it was a body language expert or saying, and that how from the body language of Megan, maybe she was starting to figure out how bad they really did mess up or what a rift this really did cause. Do you think mm -hmm. they took removing themselves from the royal family I know they took it seriously, but did they, do you think they thought the consequences would be as lasting as they've been? That's a really good question. And I think for Harry especially, I don't think he realized what it meant. And he, you know, I could be totally underestimating him. And I think he was just very influenced by his American wife, who again, is not steeped in tradition, history, respect, discipline. She comes from a very different life than he grew up in. And so for her to influence him and say, hey, it doesn't need to be like this. Yeah, I don't know if he knew how drastic that change would be for him. And how, because you have listened to so much commentary on the wedding and everything going on there, how did the people... Uh, react to them being there? Was it more positive than negative or? Well, really, the only coverage I saw is when they were with William and Catherine, shaking hands and greeting people. And it was the first time they were, the four of them were together. And all of the media was thrilled by it and thought it was so great. And they came to terms with their issues. But what that's the other thing that impressed me is that with so much coverage, it really did focus on the Queen and King Charles. And there was not a lot, especially on BBC, a lot of speculation about Meghan and Harry. There was not a lot of commentary about Meghan and Harry. And I will go back to King Charles' address to the nation when. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. <laughs> I was like, okay, this guy has it. I mean, I, yeah. And I've listened to it a couple times or blurbs of it a couple times. And I did, I thought he killed it. It was like, that was the best thing, the best speech he could have given, given the circumstances. Absolutely. Do you think that because he's had to wait until later in life to take this role, that people have underestimated him and the job that he'll do or does that make sense it does make sense okay and I and I do think that I heard this a lot but I think it was more on the United States media 
outlets and not from Britain that so many Britain British people were were hoping that it would skip Charles and go straight to William. And at one point I was listening to something and they said that would have never happened because it's not that they grew up in this position. It's that they grew up with this commitment to service. And this position was about service to the United Kingdom, not about their position in the United Kingdom. And so he wasn't, King Charles wasn't about to let go of that. It's like he wants to be able to serve the United Kingdom like his mother did. And I was like, that is such a great way to look at it. Like, No, and thank you for that, because I do need to remember that when I'm listening to news, it is being filtered through an American perspective. And yes. it's just different. We're young. As you said earlier, we're a young nation. Mm-hmm. We're not so caught up in that tradition of how things used to be. So something's right. lost there in the translation. So God save the king. Mm-hmm. He, he's been trained all his life for this, and now it's his, his turn to serve the nation. And Exactly. Yeah, and one can only pray and continue. Everyone wants to see the brothers reunited, so hopefully that's coming at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I I think they've come to terms with agreeing to disagree, and that may be as far as it ever goes. Uh, it's just so sad. You just want that reconciliation yeah. as you think of Princess Diana and her two young boys at Splash right. Mountain and all the adventures that they had and how close they were and how they had each other during that right. time of loss. So, well, the only thing that I want to say before we close this out, unless you have anything else, is the image of Elizabeth's coffin being lowered down and Philip already being there. The re- the mm-hmm. They're reunited in body and spirit now. And there's, there's not much more to say to that. It's just so moving. And it's just so, again, satisfying because it, it's so steeped in tradition and their belief system. And I think it's everything about it is just so respectful. It definitely is. And we so can all learn from that. We sure can. We can learn from Queen Elizabeth II's dignity, her pride, her love of country, her sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I could just go on like I know she was an icon and a legend in her own and she wore it well and there was a lot of pressure there so anyhow I guess with all that shared I'm just gonna say cheers everyone until next week cheers